Welcome into a live Cleveland Browns report. What's going on, everyone? Hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday. I know I am. I have moved on from Saturday. I hope you have as well. It sucked, but we are ready for the offseason, right? The Browns made the playoffs. That was a big goal going into the season. And despite all the injuries they sustained, they didn't just make the playoffs. And I think that's something to note. They locked in the five seed. If they were in the NFC South, they would have been hosting a playoff game. So a little bit unlucky that the Baltimore Ravens happened to have a really good season at the same time. But it'd be one thing if the Browns were a 9-8 and eight team and just got the seven seed at the last moment. No, they were a playoff team for pretty much the entire season looking back on it. So I'm at peace with the Browns' loss. It does stink, but I'm ready to move on from it. So hope you are as well. While we let the audience build up a little bit, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Shout out your city. Let me know where you are watching from. I always love to see how big the dog pound is, how far it stretches. Browns backers are global. So get down in the comment section right now. Let me know where you are tuning in from. I know Time Man the Buckeye is in the Buckeye State. I've got Cool Guy in Maryland. I've got Tim Green rooting for Buffalo with friends in New York. I think I can get behind the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Would anyone be upset if the Buffalo Bills won the Super Bowl? The Patriots fans would be, and they can't be upset. They, they have six Lombardis. I don't want to hear it. So I can get behind the Bills. Uh, Mix in Ohio as well. We've got uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Charles is in Long Beach, California. Soul Train, good to see you, my man. Tuning in from Orlando. Levi's in Rock Creek, Ohio. We've got Internet Referee watching from Green Bay. Marvin Miller is in D.C. Jacob Kistner is watching from Toledo. And Jacob Kistner has gotten the party started with a $2 Super Chat before we even got the plane off the ground. A clean sweep. First, second chat. First, second like. First, $2 Super Chat. I feel like we got to call it a, a chat sports hat trick. Chat sports hat trick, right? First one in the first one in the chat, first to like the video, first to super chat. It's a chat trick. Chat trick. It's the that is the a chat Trinity. trick, indeed, indeed it is. Ron's in Ohio. I've got New Philadelphia, Ohio. Jared's here. Jared, hope you're doing well. Long time no see, buddy. Jacobs in Tampa Bay. Um, I've got Rusty watching from Madison. Nolan's in Iowa. Jackson Green, as always, is as always is in Dallas. Ryan's in Denver. Gabriel's in ATL. What's your uh, go-to wing flavor at Taco Mac? Let me know. Uh, Delaware, Ohio. Uh, Cleveland from Patel. Jefferson. Let's see. I got Texas from Y2D Skies. Arizona from Ross. Let's see. We got uh, Max is in Ohio, as always. The Buckeye State, proudly well represented. Now, we're going to talk a whole bunch of brownies on today's show. But really quickly, I do have to give some love to our sponsor, which is Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you are ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. Need say a special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Head to factormeals.com slash brownschat50 
and use code BROWNSCHAT50 to get 50% off. That's code BROWNSCHAT50 at factormeal.com slash BROWNSCHAT50 to get 50% off. I put that link in the comments and description of today's video. Switching gears, how would you guys grade the Browns 2023 season? A, B, C, D, or F? This has been a popular engagement question on Twitter. How would you grade the Browns? And it's created a lot of uh, disagreements and whatnot. To me, I'd give the Browns a B plus, right? The Browns won 11 games. That's tremendous. The Browns roster was built to win 11 games. So in one way, I wouldn't just say they, they, uh, they achieved their expectations, but they also achieved their expectations while being incredibly shorthanded. The reason why I'm not going to give them an A-, and I feel like the B-plus really stands out, is they laid an absolute egg in the playoffs. And this team had higher goals than that, right? If the goal of the season was just to be some make-a-wish team that gets to go to the playoffs and then gets their asses handed to them, congratulations, A-plus job. But that wasn't the goal in that locker room. That locker room's goal was to play all the way until Las Vegas. And unfortunately, that didn't just happen, or didn't just not happen, but they were not even competitive against the Texans on Saturday. So for that reason, I give it a B plus. Time Man says B plus. Dylan says A minus. One Browns fan says A. Ross Weaver says A minus. Tanner King giving a B plus. I feel like everyone's in the same realm of B plus to A minus. If they had lost to the Texans, and I know that a loss is a loss, but if they lost to the Texans on a walk-off field goal, twenty-four to twenty-seven. I can be at peace of, hey, the offense came to play, the defense maybe wasn't their best, but no, it was an all-systems failure on Saturday. And when you have bigger goals than just making the playoffs, it's hard to give that an A job, right? To me, it's a B-plus job. There was a little bit of meat still left on the bone for the 2023 Cleveland Browns season. Now, with the Browns out of the dance, I think this does give everyone a nice opportunity, to be honest. What are your real Super Bowl predictions? Because I know when your team's in the playoffs, you're going to say your team's going to the Super Bowl. As you should. It's your God-given American birthright to have your team going all the way to the soupy. But once your team gets eliminated, you can kind of join the rest of the people that got out in dodgeball. And you're watching from the side of the gym and you're like, all right, now we can get real. I think the 49ers and Ravens are going to clash. I had that prediction a while ago. And I remember people did not like that prediction in the comments. And I'm going to stick by it. I know it's chalky, but I'm looking at both conferences. Like in the NFC, you've got Baker Mayfield, Barack Purdy, Jared Goff, and Jordan Love remaining. None of those quarterbacks scream they're going to take over a game. So then I look at the rest of the rosters, and the 49ers are the one seed for a reason. As for the Ravens, Lamar's played unbelievable this season. They're getting Mark Andrews back soon. Ravens just feel like a team of destiny. Not destiny, but a team on a, a worn, torn path to go all the way to Las Vegas. So give me a Super Bowl rematch, what, 11 years later of 49ers-Rams with the 49ers winning it all. Sawyer says Bills versus Lions. I like that. I can get behind that. Tanner says Bills versus 49ers. Jonathan Peterson says Lions-Ravens. Alex Green says Packers-Texans. Man, that would be Roger Goodell. I would say the biggest nightmare but, like, Packers-Texans, there's obviously a big fan base surrounding the Green Bay Packers, but I don't think 
that's going to put a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, not just butts and seats, but in terms of like overall must-see element of the Super Bowl. It feels, it feels like the Super Bowl that people want, that America wants, is Texans versus Lions. It was Browns versus Lions. Yeah. But now it's Texans versus Lions. Uh-huh. If you lose to the Texans in round one and they win the Super Bowl, you feel a little bit better about, better about yourself. Don't you agree? I do have my cards, by the way. I'm very excited. Trace is back, uh, and Trace is going to be here for our first pick card, his first pick card of the 2024 offseason. Now, we do have a mailbag coming up at the end of the show, so get those questions in right now. Hashtag Browns or be like Kistner and get a chat trick and super chat, and we guarantee your question or take or comment gets on screen. Over 80-ish people watching right now, 24 likes. Can we get ourselves to 30 likes? We're six likes away. If you have not liked the video yet, please go ahead and do so. Ty, man, I got to say, you were a popular man in the chat sports office today because not everyone knew your origins. And I don't know who brought it up. Trace, maybe you can help jog my memory. But someone's like, there's a guy in our chat named Ty, man, the Buckeye. Was it Marshall who said something? I don't think. No, I think it, it was Harrison. I can't remember. I can't who remember. said it. I know that you were on your worst behavior at Steelers, and I think you got blocked because they're a bunch of fucking Charmin soft pussies over there. So I love it, Ty, man. Tim Green with a $10 super chat. Let's go, Tim. Tim, 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 Tim Had a Tim. great time in Houston. Texans fans were great. They are a lot like us. CJ is the real deal. Browns 2024. Tim Green, um, Tim Green the third. so I guess your grandpa, if I can get the family tree down correctly. Email me a bunch of pictures from your guys' trip down there. Looked like a blast. Terrific seats. Like, first row it looked like. Very, very jealous. I love traveling to road games, like whether it's college, NFL. Going on the road, you feel like a little bit of an ambassador, right? Where you kind of want to be somewhat on your best behavior, but at the same time, you don't care if you leave your section and people go home and talk about you going, that one fucking Browns fan. You know See, what I mean? That's a, ba- that's a badge of honor. Don't get kicked out of the game, but know that line and just approach it. Be, be the person... That they're going to talk about at the bar afterwards. Yep. It's be like, wow, that one guy. Exactly. So, and I've never been to Houston. I got to go down and see it. I've heard mixed reviews on Houston's Houston. Houston's like a, it's it's a city. Yeah. It's definitely a it's city. A big city. In, it's a city in America for sure. Okay, Tim, thank you so much for the super chat. I'm glad you guys had a good trip all together. And yeah, C.J. Stroud is the real deal. Which of course, another potential like superish star QB whatever goes to the AFC. Meanwhile, like, the AFC remaining quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud. NFC quarterbacks. And I'm Jared not be Goff. Me. Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield. Feels the like best a... NFC quarterback probably does not even compete with the best AFC, with the worst AFC quarterback. No. Yeah. Who do you think is the best AFC quarterback? NFC quarterback, excuse me. Best NFC? I would say Brock Purdy. I'd be curious to see what the all would, what Brock Purdy would be like without uh, without Trent Williams, without Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon Ayuk. But even with and George Kittle, like he still makes good throws. They're still accurate. It's not like those guys are going out of their way to catch football. So I would say Brock Purdy probably. I'd also love to see Jared in in yeah. uh, Kyle Shanahan's system. See how much better he is in that. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see Purdy and Goff just okay. Spots. Enough of the. PD podcast coming up on today's show latest news and rumors plenty to talk about don't you worry and then we're going to review a mock draft from the athletic see who they had the Browns selecting in round two it's the last offseason hopefully without a first round draft pick the Browns are back in business in 2025 so one more offseason we can do it are we ready 
Let's get into it. Coming up on today's show, we've got some signings to get to in just a moment. But after that, we're going to talk about whether or not moving on from Baker Mayfield was a mistake after a very, very good uh, playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of Browns fans were talking about whether or not Andrew Barry made the right call. And then we'll talk about what the Browns' grade should be for 2023. And then who grew the most this year from the Browns. But let's start off with 10 players that were signed to reserve slash futures contracts so these are guys that are just going to come back and already be on the roster for the start of OTAs minicamp all that good stuff nine of these 10 players were on the Browns practice squad for 2023 the only one that was not was Jaden Peavy former UDFA he actually has some NFL in-game experience with the Tennessee Titans now he was on the Titans and Panthers practice squad this past season but some names that pop out to me Jalen Darden he has a potential role on special teams. Uh, John Kelly, he was activated to the active roster for the playoff game. Vincent Gray got called up for Week 18 against the Bengals. And then you've got like a former 7th rounder and Isaiah Thomas and some recent UDFA or, uh, UDFA signings like Zaire Mitchell-Payton and Lonnie Phelps. So just some names to keep an eye on right there. Not anything groundbreaking, but those are 10 players that were signed to future contracts. Now let's get into the fun part of today's show. Was moving on from Baker Mayfield a mistake? A question that has had the entire fan base torn for about two years now, ever since the trade went down. And I'm going to say one Bernie head. I think it's got some shreds of truth. I'd be lying if I stood here and I said that the trade has gone perfectly from the Browns end of things in terms of moving on from Baker and getting to Sean Watson. And it's been a disaster for Baker Mayfield. No, Baker Mayfield had a hell of a game against the Eagles on Monday night in the wild card round, 22-36. And if some of his guys didn't have butterfingers, he'd probably have a higher completion percentage and more yards and maybe even an extra touchdown to go along with it. But Baker played his tail off this year. Like, give credit to the Bucks. They had the most dead cap money. They were in a bind. They went for a very cheap QB contract in Baker Mayfield, and he over-delivered. Career year, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns. But as for the question of, was it a mistake by the Browns? I don't think you can simply say, oh, what Baker did in 2023, those 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns, if he was on the Browns, he'd have the same numbers. It doesn't work that way, right? We know that. But also, I think what's more important is, Baker as a person, we have heard so much over the last two years, how much he has grown, and also just, how much he has gotten back to himself. And I don't think he'd be the quarterback he is today if he did not go through the adversity he went through in Carolina and then going to play with Sean McVay in L.A. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think that the Browns just held on to Baker Mayfield, never traded for Deshaun Watson, extended Baker, that he would just progress the way he did. No, there were a lot of dark and low days for Baker. Like He was having a really tough time in Carolina. And outside of... That Raiders comeback win for his first game with the Rams. There were some low moments in the City of Angels as well. So I just don't believe that the idea of, well, Baker this year would have been exactly what he would be if he was on the Browns this year. It's, it's not that simple. I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that thought. Now, I can understand that the trade for Deshaun Watson has mixed reviews so far. Unfortunately, only 12 games through two seasons. 
which the Browns knew what they were getting into in terms of his lack of availability for the first year with an impending suspension. But this year, I'm sure they wish they saw more of him. 8-4 and four record is probably not stated enough when people talk about the Browns trade as this ultimate disaster when it really hasn't been. They just haven't had Deshaun on the field as much as they would like. So if you had to pick a quarterback right now, who would you rather have? Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield, right? Going into 2024, if you're starting a team and you get to pick a QB as a GM, I'm picking Deshaun Watson, right? And, and this isn't a dig at Baker, but Deshaun Watson's ceiling is much, much higher. And ultimately, I just think two years, only 12 games from Watson, it's too quick to judge whether or not it's been a disaster of a trade. The Browns knew that when they signed Deshaun Watson to that five-year contract, that one year of those five years, they weren't going to get a whole lot out of which was last year. That was a part of the plan. And if you think otherwise, I'm sorry, but you're just on a different planet. Now this year, only getting Deshaun Watson for five games, six games, was a bit of a disappointment. But injuries are something that you just simply can't control. And so that's why I'm going to hit pause on deeming whether or not the trade and everything that went on from moving on from Baker to moving on to uh, moving to Deshaun Watson was a disaster for the Browns. Come back and ask me next year, right? Once I see more from Deshaun Watson, more than just 12 games, and once I see more from Baker Mayfield too. I remember Daniel Jones won a playoff game last year for the Giants. He's not smelling too good right now. So let's not just rush to judgment here. Very, very quickly removed from the, the trade going down. Third, or third, second segment on today's show. How about grading the Browns 2023 season? This has been a very popular question I've seen tossed across social media and whatnot, and I would give the Browns a B plus. Not an A, not a B, but a B plus. Right there on the line of B plus to A minus. And I'll tell you why I'm not going to give it an A minus, but first, a shout out to our sponsor today, which is Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you are ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order, uh, change up, change your order up every week with plans from four to eighteen meals per week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash brownschat50 and use code brownschat50 to get 50% off. That's code brownschat50 at factormeals.com slash brownschat50 to get 50% off. I put that link in the comments and description of today's video. So let's talk about grading the Browns 2023 season, which I gave a B-plus grade. I don't think I have to state how impressive, and that's just not even doing it enough justice. And amazing it was that the Browns came overcame so many injuries to so many key players at so many key positions and still went on to win 11 games. Could have won 12 if they really tried in Week 18, but we'll call it 11 games here. But ultimately, they laid an egg in the playoffs. And if we go back to August, what was the goal for this team? For some, it was to make the playoffs. For a lot of us, it was to win a playoff game, right? And making the playoffs, and not just making it, but like clinching the five seed. 
before the Week 18 games even got underway. That was a very big accomplishment for this locker room. But ultimately, you go into that locker room after that game and no one's going, yeah, you know what, we're just happy to be here. We just wanted to get an invite, right? No, this team had bigger goals. And it's one thing to lose in the wild card round. It's nothing to get your shit pushed in. And they didn't even wake up for this game. And because of that, I'm going to give it a B plus. Had they kept it close or just showed some life and some competitiveness, I can get behind an A-minus grade and go, you know what? The Browns just lost to a really, really good Texans team. But the Browns didn't even come to play on Saturday. And I think that has to weigh into evaluating the season. So for that reason, credit to them. They overcame. Look at all these key players that they lost. Like Deshaun Watson. Nick, I know we've heard this a million times. But one last time. Watson and Chubb. Like, could you imagine going to any other NFL team going, hey, you're starting quarterback and you're starting running back, and they're gone. And you're going to make the playoffs. And on top of that, you're going to lose your top three offensive tackles, your kick return slash punt returner, Jakeem Grant, and on the defensive side of the football, let's take your third defensive tackle away. Let's take your starting linebacker and your backup middle linebacker. Let's take two of your top three safeties away. And the one that we're going to keep, Juan Thornhill, he's going to play about two-thirds of the season. Oh, and you know that kicker that was one of the best in the NFL? Yeah, you don't get him at the end of the season. If I tell you all that and say the Browns win 11 games and are the five seed, you're probably over the moon happy. But ultimately, this team was facing all these injuries for a long time. And so for them to lay an egg in the playoffs, I just don't think that's excusable, right? Here is the good news. The locker room installed a winning culture. This locker room shed the factory of sadness stigma, hopefully, okay? They hopefully will retain the resiliency that they learned, the ability to not quit, not give up, Kevin Stefanski is one of the best NFL coaches all times following a loss. So take what you learned this year, right? That winning culture, that bond and camaraderie in the locker room, the resiliency, and then get healthy and put it together. And I'm looking at the 2023 Ravens, who dealt with a lot of injuries last year. No Lamar Jackson. And what did they do this year? They won the AFC. Not quite, but they got the one seat. You know what I mean? So... All eyes are on Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson to take what the good things were from this year, what they learned, and what happened in that locker room, and now put the X's and O's together. Because Stefanski had a lot of success with Joe Flacco. Let's get that going with Watson. And if everyone comes back healthy next year, and this locker room is ready to roll and pick up where they left off, I mean, they very well could be a 12-win team without breaking a sweat. So grade the Browns 2023 season for me. I give it a B plus. I do want to get your opinion down below. A, B, C, D, or F. How would you grade the 2023 Browns? Third portion of today's show. Who grew the most this year? I'm going to go with our favorite linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I think JOK took the biggest step this season across the board. Like, JOK showed us some really good things in year one. And then year two was a bit of a regression year and also missed the last uh, quarter of the year with a foot injury. But JOK this year was one, available. Something he was not very much of in his first two seasons, okay? Then he tacks on 101 tackles. 20 tackles for loss. Like, the guy's not just some average linebacker. The guy's flying into the backfield and he's dragging running backs down. He's taking up wide receiver screens. Three and a half sacks. One forced fumble. Two interceptions. PFF had a hard-on for JOK. 
76.7 overall grade. He ranked in the top 20 of all linebackers. And what jumped out to me the most, and I think we all saw it throughout the entire season, but he didn't quite know how to put a number on it. And PFF does, which is stops, right? That's a tackle which results in an ineffective or a failure of an offensive play. Like on third and one, making a tackle. Might not be a sack, might not be a tackle for loss, but maybe a no gain. And on the stat sheet, that goes down as one of your five tackles. But we all know that was a huge tackle. JLK had 61 stops. That was tied for fourth in the NFL. The guy was making big plays. JOK took a huge step forward. And so now I'm looking at number six, and I'm thinking with Anthony Walker and Sion Takitaki both heading to free agency next month, JOK might be the X factor for the Browns in 2024. Because if Andrew Barry decides as much as I love Anthony Walker, I can't bring him back for a fourth year if he's played 13, 3, and 12 games. Would that be out of bounds for a GM to say? And Taki Taki, I thought, showed some good moments and some bad moments throughout the season. But JOK, he is the X factor for the Browns in 2024. Because they might roll with JOK, a cheap linebacker, and a rookie. And they're going to lean on Jeremiah Wusukoromoa to be their number one linebacker, right? To be the guy that leads the middle of the defense. And so that's what I'm excited for to see out of JOK next season. Okay. Um, looks like we have producer Trace hopping on here in a moment here. So, Trizzy Trace, what's going on? Oh, my God. Pick a card time. I was wondering what the hell you were doing. It's pick a card time. For a, all right. For a moment, I thought you had a really strong take about JOK. No, and I was like, no, I, no. I don't know where this is going, but no. hop aboard. It is pick a card time. <laughs> it's pick a card time. I'm just not prepared for my own offseason. <laughs> I'm not ready to be in the offseason. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, So, if you don't know. Off-season mode, we pick a card at the end of every single episode. Trace, what card do you want to pick? I'm going King of Hearts because Joe Flacco was our king and he stole our heart this year for the Browns fans. And it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Okay, we ready? I'm going to go with the two of clubs. What would you say? King of Hearts? Nah, not even close. Ah! Five of Hearts. <laughs> Five of Hearts. Joe... Flacco was 15. Five. You said heart. That's yeah, pretty close. The same thing. That's pretty close. All right. That's going to do it for us. Let me know who grew on you the most this year. Like who, who took that big step in 2023 that you can't wait to see return in 2024? Holy cannonballs. Dude, I just thought you were had a big take no, on JOK I, that you had to come no, up. So I, I was realized, like, what are you as, doing? I realized as soon as I put myself, I'm like, oh, crud, there's a way in before that. <laughs> No, that's okay. I was just, I just completely forgot about my own. <laughs> Did anyone get it? I don't. I saw cool guys. Eight of hearts. King of Two diamonds. Spades. No, I don't see. Ten one. of diamonds. Martin Emerson, Grant Delpit. Those are great ones as well. Um, Martin Emerson was terrific this year. He really was. There's a lot of great candidates for this one. Um, okay, mock draft time. Are we ready for a mock draft? Mock draft. Fucking love the NFL draft. The NFL Draft for a long time has always been one of my favorite events across the entire sporting calendar because to me, and maybe I get too romantic about this, the idea of sitting either in the green room or on your couch, and you know you're not going first, second, or third overall, but you're sitting there going, if my name is called right now, I'm moving to New Orleans. And if they don't call my name, the next team is Seattle. And then I move to Green Bay. Like, 
just a, a or Tampa dramatic Bay. sway of emotions. And I just think it'd be so cool like that. You only get drafted once, and that feeling of like, I get to move to Denver. That's you so know, cool. like, I get to yeah. move to New, New York now, like Chicago. Like, one it'd be morning, so fun. It'd be so cool. One morning, you're a resident of one place, and then the yeah. next morning, you're moving halfway across the country. And you get like, here's the best part. Like, I know people love to act like NFL players don't get paid that much unless you're one of the highest paid guys. Dude, the fifth round picks make it $850,000. Yeah. Show of hands, who would like to make $850,000 right now? I would like to. I would like to a lot. So you could do some damage with 850 k <laughs> Like, that's I'm looking like, around, like, you can get a nice apartment dude, anywhere for that much how, money. That's so many trivia rounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we ready for a draft? Mock draft? Okay. I'm going to be prepared for you to come on screen for this one. <laughs> I just dropped the ball on that. All right. Uh, we have 50 likes. Can we get to 55? 55 likes. Five likes. Five more likes, and then we'll get this mock draft underway here. Let's see who's in the chat right now. Jackson Green's here. Anyone new? We got uh, Cool Guy, as always. Tim Green, don't move to Chicago. Good pizza. Elliot, O-line and receivers. Three likes away. Three likes away. Cool Guy's talking. Oh, we have a, we have a whole little Discord going on in the chat. What position are we drafting in the second round? We're going to ask that question later in the show. Great minds think alike here. And we got to 55 likes. Are we ready to get this plane off the ground? Let's do it. It is mock draft season. So on today's Browns report, we are going to react to Dane Brugler from the Athletics mock draft, which came out, and we're filming this, by the way, on Tuesday afternoon during our live show. So quick plug, tune in for our live content every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. And actually, let me raise the stakes a little bit more before we jump into this mock draft from Brugler. If we can get 20 subscribers from this video alone, I'll do my own Browns mock draft. So if you're already subscribed to the channel, send it to a friend that you know is a Browns fan. Have them join. And if you're not subscribed, hit the sub button, and that way I get a good idea of what the viewers want, and I'll put out my own mock draft. Now, without further ado, let's jump into it. So, spoiler alert, the Browns do not have a first-round draft pick. So we'll kind of speed through the first couple of picks here. Caleb Williams going number one overall. Not too surprising. Malik Neighbors all the way to four. Interesting. Moving along here, Brock Bowers goes five. Jaden Daniels, he's the new Atlanta Falcons quarterback. Uh, Dallas Turner, he goes to Chicago at number nine. The Broncos go cornerback with Kerryon Arnold. Jared Verse, one of my favorite edge rushers in this draft. He's a New Orleans Saint. We've got Brian Thomas, a lower-key name. He's going to Jacksonville at number 17. J.J. McCarthy at 19. I wouldn't say it's laughable, but it's bad. I am not on board with J.J. being a first-round quarterback. Uh, moving on here, we got some offensive linemen going. I love this pick for the Cowboys. Anytime you lose in the first round of the playoffs again, you got to reload on the offensive line, I suppose. Uh, the Buccaneers, they go corner with Kool-Aid McKinstry. You just can't beat a name like Kool-Aid, let's be honest. And then to round out the first round here, uh, Jordan Morgan, an offensive lineman from Arizona, goes to the Baltimore Ravens. So the Brown second round pick is coming up in just a moment. But who do you want to have them fall? Who do you want to see fall to the Browns, right? It's not going to be, I'm sorry, Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors, but who's a guy that you think might just be on that zone of first round, second round, and you'd love to see fall to Cleveland in round two? Cedric Tillman took a bit of fall. Dewan Jones, I was looking at some mock drafts from last year. He went round one. He fell to the Browns in round four. Pretty interesting stuff there. 
All right, let's get into round two now because now the Browns come to play. How about Bo Nix going to the Patriots at number 34 overall? Moving along a little bit here, getting closer and closer. Uh, Michael Penix to the Raiders at number 44. Jalen Polk, I've seen him mock to the Browns before, so keep an eye on that name. Inching closer to Cleveland, though. We're going through some big guys up front here. And then we've got Zach Frazier, one of the better offensive linemen, unfortunately, staying in the division. And finally, we get to the Browns at pick 54, where they select wide receiver Troy Franklin out of Oregon. So let's get to know Mr. Troy Franklin a little bit better. But first, I do want to tell you guys about our sponsor today, which is Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you are ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Stress less over meal times in the new year. Factor's no prep, no mess meals, free up time, otherwise spend shopping, cooking, and cleanup, plus no more time, no more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, but they also help you stay on top of your goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for everyone's New Year's goals, New Year goals. So head to factormeals.com slash brownschat50 and use code brownschat50 to get 50% off. That's code brownschat50 at factormeals.com slash brownschat50 to get 50% off. Now, let's turn our attention back to the Oregon wide receiver, Troy Franklin, who had an incredible junior season in Eugene. 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, one of just two wide receivers to have that many yards and that many touchdowns. The other guy was Malik Neighbors, who went fourth overall. But what maybe jumps out to me the most is the receiving average, 17.1. That's a big play waiting to happen. He's six foot three and 187 pounds. So he's got the size to go up and pinpoint footballs and bring them down, right? But he's also got the leanness to just beat the brakes off people and go vertical. Now, this is not an Anthony Schwartz comp. No, Anthony Schwartz was one thing and one thing only fast, okay? And the Browns were hoping they could teach him the other elements of football. Ultimately, that didn't really work out. But with Troy Franklin, he's got the ball skills. He's got the ability to beat corners at the top of a, of a uh, football's flight path. And ultimately, he's got the speed to beat them vertically. Now, I think back to last year when Andrew Barry gave a press conference talking about what they look for in drafting players. And they talked about horse traits and duck traits. And I want to bring this up to remind everyone about how the Browns draft, how the Browns operate. And the way Andrew Barry put it was pretty poetic, which is you got guys who might be ducks, right? And ducks can swim. Ducks can run. They can waddle. They can fly a little bit. But do they do any of those things very well? No. Now, you got horses. Horses can't swim very well. They sure as hell can't fly. But they can run. And so when Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are looking for guys that stand out, in one element. They're not looking for someone that's just average at a bunch of things. They want to find a guy who jumps off the bounce, jumps off the page at one thing, and they'll try and coach up the other elements. And Troy Franklin does that. Troy Franklin does that with his big play 
of big play um, abilities and the way he can stretch the field and add a vertical element to the passing game. Now, let's look at Dane Brugler's write-up on Troy Franklin. The Browns need to get more explosive at receiver. As a true junior in 2023, Franklin was one of two, only two FBS receivers with 1,300-plus receiving yards and 14-plus touchdowns. Neighbors was the other. He also ranked top three with eight catches of 40-plus yards. Now, does wide receiver jump out as a need for the Browns? I'd say so. Like, their top four guys are all under contract for 2024, but I didn't see enough from Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, or David Bell to be convinced that they can hold down the fort moving forward, or I guess in the post-Amari Cooper era. So Troy Franklin could bring a much-needed big play element because Elijah Moore was relatively underwhelming this year, and hopefully we see him continue to grow, but just didn't see as much as I would have liked to seen. Cedric Tillman, I'm not going to grade too harshly as a rookie. David Bell is good for good for one thing and one thing only. The moment he catches that football, he's going down to the ground. There is no yards after the catch with David Bell, which for better or for worse, he's going to get you the first down, but he's not going to get you a whole lot after that. Whereas Troy Franklin, he can bring that big play machine element to this offense. The Browns will likely need to fill holes during this draft and not pursue best player available. Remember last year? When they took Dewan Jones and they took Cedric Tillman with some of their first picks, did they have a big need at offensive tackle? No. Did they have a big need at wide receiver? Not really after trading for Elijah Moore. Like they had DPJ still. We're talking about a guy battling for wide receiver four with David Bell and Marquise Goodwin. But the Browns were able to plug up all their holes in free agency. And then they viewed the draft as just an opportunity to get richer. That's not going to be the case this year. They are going to go into free agency in the draft with some needs, and they will not be able to satisfy all those needs, that sounded weird, in free agency. And their draft will have to supplement some of their shortcomings going into 2024. So what position do you guys think the Browns should draft first? This is always a fun question that like fans debate, and ultimately free agency happens beforehand, and that kind of answers the question for you. But as of this moment, what position do you want to see the Browns draft first? I do want to also mention that mock drafts are great, and they're fun. They're not always very accurate. And I'm not trying to take a, uh, you know, a stab at Brugler here because I think he is the best at what he does. He's better than Mel Kuyper. He's better than Todd McShay. But even Mel Kuy uh, even Dane Brugler, like, I looked back at his January 2023 mock drafts from 12 months ago. He went 6 for 10 in terms of guys going in the top 10 that he had going top 10. Of his 31... Round one selections, only 20 ended up going round one. Forget what team they went to. That's like just a, a shot in the dark. Only 20 of the 31 even went in that round. And then his round two selections for this exact same mock draft he did a year ago, 10 of the 32 round two guys ended up going round two. It's a needle in a haystack in a lot of ways. But it's still fun. I mean, fucking mock drafts. Who's going to love it? Um, and for reference... Brugler does get better as he gets closer to the NFL draft. Like, I look back at his November 2022 mock draft for last year's draft. He went 19 for 31. Fast forward to his final one, he finishes 24 for 31. So as we get closer, and once the combine and pro days happen, we'll have a much better idea of who's going in what round. And once we know that, I can really start diving into who the Browns should be looking at. Because I remember last year people talking about, oh, let's get Siaka Ika in round two. Well, he went to the Browns in round three. 
How about the year before? Get Perrion Winfrey in round two. Well, he went to the Browns in round four. So let's figure out who should go where. And then we'll address who would be a good pick for the Browns. Off-season mode is here. Let's pick a card. Let's go. Trace, which card do you want to go with? I'm going to go with the Four of Spades. Four of Spades? Mm-hmm. Four of Spades. I'm going to go with the Major Sean Watson guy. I like it. Give me the uh, Eight of Diamonds. Eight of Diamonds? Eight of Diamonds. Ready? Three of Spades. Oh! Three of Spades, Oh, dude. so close. You were Gordon Hayward for Butler. I know. Damn. I lost the headset. I was so close. All right. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Always appreciate those of you that take time out of your day to come hang out with us. If you're not subscribed, please consider doing so. Like the video, all that cliche stuff. And we will see you guys later. No one got it right. Damn. That's tough. I'm going to get another one. I, I got one last year. I'm going to get one this year. Who remembers during the preseason watch party when Ray Bidding super chatted his card and, and he, he got, got it right? It. Yeah. That was electric. That was so rare. Yeah. I like the tight end selection. Here's the thing with tight ends. They're very hard to find. Like in terms of knowing, like, I think when you look at ranking five quarterbacks one to five, the disparity between one and five is ginormous. In tight ends, one in five, it's not that big of a disparity. Yeah. So it's very difficult to evaluate when you should take that guy. We got some questions coming in from Soul Train. Use hashtag Browns like Soul Train. Or you can super chat, which Jacob and Tim Green did earlier. You skip the line, you guarantee a spot on screen. So get those questions in early and often. We need a few more questions, too. We only have a couple. So... I got one from Soul Train, got one from Jonathan Mann, but Ty Man, cool guy. Ty Man, get a question in. Come on. Come on, Ty Come man. on, Ty Man. What are we doing here? And, and check your mail soon. I sent Ty Man a little uh, thank you present for Aww. being a mod all year. Aww. Here, want to mute me? I'll tell you. Mute, mute yourself. No, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Holy cow! Time man's got—he's got no idea what's going on. Oh, right I know. Time man's gonna just be like—he's gonna get his gift and just be like, "Wow!" Yeah. Um, okay. Little <laughs> Beam getting some questions in. Jackson Green, defensive tackle, middle linebacker. Gabriel uh, says middle linebacker. Um, Jim Brown, uh, Syracuse legend. Um, let's see. We got Tim Green also getting in the chat right now. Brad's in the house. Let's go, Let's Brad. Go, Brad. 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 What are we doing about Flacco? And look at the bright side. And look at bright side. The Steelers look like a dumpster fire. What the fuck happened to the Cowboys? This sounds like an excellent question to kind of uh, yeah. lead the mailbag off a little bit yeah. with. So I'll save my answer for that, Brad. We'll, we'll keep the. This is what we call a tease in the business. This is what we do at journalism school. We just we just talk about teases all day. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, I I missed. I had a great sports journalism. Depending on the college you go to, can be the ultimate breeze of four years. Like yes. At no point in my four years in Tennessee did they train me to be a YouTube host. <laughs> and I had one professor. Not that anyone cares about my little stories. 
who is, and this is the best, and you probably can all relate to this if you're in, or you're in college or you've been through college, you got to find the professors that are retiring soon. That needs to be public information because that is the key to college. I had a professor who yes. was retiring at the end of the semester. He dedicated the whole class to watching sports movies. If you we, can, we just watch movies every single class. Pro tip, if you're a college student or about to be a college student or are in college, go to ratemyprofessor.com. Oh, I remember and that. And you can see the full reviews, if you need the textbook, if they're hard, if they're an easy class, if they're not, like, use Rate My Professor because it's 100% accurate. Ty, man, I am rejecting that question. The Browns cannot get Marvin Harris. I know that is your fantasy. Try again. Try again. Okay, are we ready to jump into the mailbag? Uh, yes, we need a few more hashtag Browns. Hashtag so Browns. I got a cool guy. I got a little beam. Hashtag Browns. David Snyder's in there right now. Appreciate you, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, are we ready to talk brownies? We'll talk some brownies. We'll, we'll take our time with some of these questions. Okay. Oh, goodness. Are we ready to jump into our mailbag? Mailbag time here on the Cleveland Browns Report. Matthew Peterson here answering questions during our live show, which airs every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern as Time Man's Evil Twin says, Will the Browns bring back Kareem Hunt? I know that Kareem Hunt says that he is weighing his free agency options, and I got bad news for Kareem. There's probably not a whole lot of options. Like When you look at Kareem Hunt's numbers this year, you see nine touchdowns, and you think, who wouldn't be giving Kareem Hunt a call? But the average, like just three yards a pop. Kareem Hunt was fantastic at the goal line. And give credit to him because that's a skill. That's not as simple as just putting your head down and running one yard forward. Like That's a tough thing to do, but I'm not quite sure if Kareem Hunt's going to have a whole lot of options. If you didn't get any phone calls last year, I don't know what we saw this year. That would make people more eager to give 27 a call. I'm open to Kareem Hunt coming back, but I'm truly just not head over heels in love with the idea because Kareem Hunt last year showed us that he was starting to lose a step, and this year it was on full display. And if he does not get those goal line plunges, which, hey, like I said, give credit to him. Those are not easy things to do. We might be having a very different conversation. So should the Browns re-sign Kareem Hunt? Yes or no? I, I want to know what's going on with Nick Chubb first, and then I'll come back to this. But for now, I guess I'd pass. Brad, next one up on the show. What are we doing about Flacco? And look at the bright side. The Steelers look like a dumpster fire, and WTF happened to the Cowboys. So, Brad, let's break this down bit by bit here. What are we doing about Flacco? For now, it looks like the Browns would be open to having Joe Flacco return, but at the same time, Joe Flacco can probably find a bigger contract elsewhere in free agency. And I'm sure he had a great time in Cleveland, but money does talk. And when I say the Browns are open to bringing back Flacco, I say that through the lens of, I could see them being open, but I don't know if the people in Berea actually want to bring Flacco back to be a backup. Does Joe Flacco want to come back to be a backup? Probably not. He had some great moments this year. And if he comes back to Cleveland, he knows he is the backup, right? Now, maybe they could make a QB change if things went really south with Watson, but that's a big if. So I'm thinking Flacco goes somewhere where he can compete for the starting gig. And that's not going to be Cleveland in my eyes. Steelers look like a dumpster fire. Uh, the Steelers give me 2022 New York Giants vibes. Where, hey, overachieved a little bit. And this happens all the time. There are teams that overachieve and then regress. Now, under Tomlin, we know 
the regressions never happened, but what are they going to do at quarterback? Because they won too many games this year to get a star QB in the draft, and their answer is not on that roster. So fingers crossed they do not get Justin Fields. And as for the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They got to fire Mike McCarthy. Tim Green, appreciate you. Super chat and had a great time in Houston. Texans fans were great. They are a lot like us. CJ is the real deal. I know there's no question in here, but if I can twist it, it would be, are we nervous about the Texans moving forward in the AFC? You should be because they're not in a very difficult division where they're going to have a bunch of juggernauts beating them down. And C.J. Stroud and the Texans certainly look like a team that's going to have to be um, you know, a factor into the path to the AFC Championship game for the next couple of years. Tim, appreciate you. I'm glad you had a good time, my man. Cool guy. Sooner or later, you're going to have to do a full uh, mock draft. So who are your top three picks for the Browns to get in the draft? With the second and with the second and two third round picks, my uh, on the spot <laughs> three names right now. Um, okay, so round two, I do like Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of Oregon. I gotta wait and see a little bit how free agency shakes out because the Browns address wide receiver in free agency. That's probably gonna be moved to the bottom of the priority list during the draft. But for now, let's go wide receiver Troy Franklin. I'm really selling myself on him out of Oregon. For your two third-round selections here, how about um, a lot of Ohio State guys are returning. I'm not crazy about any of the running backs this year. The Florida State running back, his name is escaping my head right now. Blake Corum, the team up north. Browns need a running back, and Corum, him having a knee surgery in college scares the bejesus out of me. But if the med medicals check out, Nick Chubb had knee surgery in college, and that worked out pretty well, I would say. So keep an eye on Corum. And then the other third-round pick, do they even have two thirds? I would say let's go with best linebacker available. Give me a linebacker, and let's roll with that. Now, speaking of mock drafts, we put this out on our mock draft video that went out just earlier. But, hey, if you want to keep the mocks rolling, subscribe. That way I can get a good sense and a good idea of what the viewers want because I'm all about giving you guys what you want to see and what you want to hear. So subscribe for more NFL draft coverage. Balake, should we let Anthony Walker leave in free agency? Very good question and a very difficult question. Andrew Barry is going to wrestle with this question. I'm thinking he want to bring him back. Like, the lack of availability through three years in Cleveland is a big concern. And we don't have reason to believe that he'll figure it out in year four. It's not even figure it out, just stay healthy, which sometimes is just a little bit of luck. But Anthony Walker is a big part of this defense. He's a huge leader in this locker room, right? He was the Browns' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. I don't know if that's a guy you want to kick out of your locker room. Don't you agree? So I think Walker will probably come back. Taki Taki, probably gone. Soul Train. When Mahomes lost both his offensive tackles before the Super Bowl, he struggled against Tampa Bay, and he had Tyreek Hill. How important is getting right at left tackle? That's a great point. Like The Buccaneers had a great game plan for Patrick Mahomes, right? They were going to pin him deep with their edge rushers. They were going to define the pocket for him, and they were going to wreak havoc. So how important is it? It's definitely important. Left tackle is a cornerstone piece of your franchise. I think the Browns are very upbeat about the direction Jed Wills is heading. They picked up his fifth-year option. He's coming back next year, and I think they're excited for Jed Wills to come back and play left tackle. Right before he went down, after the bye and before his injury against the Cardinals, that stretch right there, was that the best stretch of his NFL career? 
But it was one of his best stretches, I think we can agree. So I think the Browns are very optimistic internally about where Jed Wills is headed and when he returns from his injury in 2024. Appreciate the question, Soul Train. Now, before we get to the rest of the questions on today's show, I do want to highlight an awesome deal going on with our friends over at Fanatics. I remember getting this sweet polo off of Fanatics. It was on sale, and I don't want you to miss this deal. So if you like this uh, Brownie the Elf t-shirt right here, go to chatsports.com slash elf shirt. I put that link in the comments and the description so you don't have to memorize it. You can just click on it. It is 30% off. So if you're looking for a gift for someone or you want to treat yourself, get this awesome Browns t-shirt. It's on sale right now. It's not going to last forever. So don't sleep on this deal. Tim Green, tell Jack Sperry he's a lightweight with the tequila. Coop needs to clean his chicken poop and F pit. Browns 2024. That's going to get screenshotted. That's for sure, Tim. Um, how about Jack Sperry saying that Mason Rudolph was better than Joe Flacco? I just, I, I think Joe Flacco even had a better rating despite throwing two pick sixes. So the Steelers have some issues to work out this offseason. Tim, appreciate you. AFX, could Xavier Worthy actually fall to us? I think that's a possibility. I think there is still a lot of figuring out in terms of pecking order for the first round of the upcoming draft. So I don't think this is an impossible chance for the Browns. We have a second round pick, and who knows? Maybe they can move up a couple of spots if their darling starts to really slip. Jonathan Peterson, how do you think Chubb will be next year? That's the million-dollar question. And that's a question that you can probably count on two hands how many people really know. Nick Chubb, some of the medical staff, and the coaches, and Andrew Barry. And I don't have any more insight. You know what I mean? I, I did not come off the phone with Nick Chubb a moment ago who said he's feeling great. How do I think Nick Chubb will be? Batman. Don't bet against the Cape Crusader. But man, a, a very big knee injury, which he sustained at this point of his career. I know Adrian Peterson bounced back from a torn ACL, and he rushed for 2,000 yards the next year. And Nick Chubb does have some like AP tendencies. But this is a different map. I'm not going to bet against Nick Chubb, but I'm not betting on Nick Chubb to come back and look like the five yards and a cloud of dust every single time guy we saw him for the first uh, five years of his career, six years. Oren Smith, do y'all think, like me, that we should move on from Jed Wills? I don't think the Browns are going to move on from Jed Wills. Was Jed Wills underwhelming to begin this year? Yes. Yes, he was. Is he probably overpaid for his production? Yes, he probably is. You could probably find a better left tackle for a little bit less. But if the Browns think that Jed Wills could be their long-term guy at left tackle and they want to see it play out a little bit longer, well, they're probably willing to tango for that fifth-year option. So I don't think the Browns are looking to create more to-dos this offseason. And moving on from Jed Wills adds another to-do for them. AFX. Should we draft K.J. Jefferson? AFX has found my new Stetson Bennett for this draft. He's not even in the draft, right? He transferred to UCF to play quarterback, so oh. he's not going to the draft this year. Okay, nice try. But AFX. he will be QB1 next year. No, he won't be. David Snyder, should we draft a running back like Bucky Irving if Chubb's not ready to go beginning of the year? I think running back's going to be a big need for the Browns. I think they might do a combination of draft and sign someone. Don't you agree? Like, they might look and not try and sign someone to the tune of, like, what Miles Sanders and David Montgomery got, which was around $7 million a season. But they might look to add a guy on a one-year 
four to five million dollar contract and use one of their earlier picks on a running back to kind of brace themselves. But if they get word that, hey, Nick Chubb's rehabbing and he looks great, well, that's going to alleviate some of that pressure. So should the Browns draft a running back? I think they should draft a running back, yes. Jackson Green, since the Browns most likely won't re-sign Anthony Walker, do you think the Browns will sign a free agent middle linebacker or draft a good prospect like Tommy Eichenberg? I'm not really sold on the Browns letting Anthony Walker walk. I understand the lack of availability is very frustrating, and that's a big that's a big uh, part of the equation. But Anthony Walker means so much to this locker room. Like the guy's a leader, and if no one else is going to outbid you for him, why not bring him back for another cheap one-year contract? It's not like the Browns are are backing up the truck for him, right? You bring him back for the same thing you paid last year, and hey, yeah, you probably won't have him for all 17 games, but this locker room likes having him there. So I think Walker's coming back. If you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, hit that sub button down below. Fuck the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you are ready for the Browns to take down the Steel Curtain in 2024, hit the sub button down below. Now, before we get on out of here, we do have to pick a card. Off-season mode. Twizzy Trace, what are you going to go with here? I'm going to go with the Seven of Diamonds. Seven of Diamonds? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Jack of Spades. Jack of Spades. One more cut. Queen of Hearts. Oh. Queen of Hearts. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, like the video, all that cliche stuff. But I really do appreciate those of you that watch all the way to the end of the video. You know who you are. So let's go Brownies, and we'll see you later.